the midst of our MLS season, and a huge part of the excitement at a Portland Timbers game is their suspender-wearing lumberjack mascot. Without him, no offense, you're just watching a soccer game. For 12 seasons, that lumberjack was Timber Jim, aka Jim Serrell. He basically showed up one game in 1978 with a chainsaw, and after he was somehow let into the stadium, he captured the hearts of fans and the club with his stunts, hanging from rafters, climbing 100-foot poles, and of course, slicing logs. So today on CityCast Portland, we're speaking with Timber Jim, a Portland Timbers icon about his time with the club and the deeply personal meaning behind the song that's been sung at the 80th minute of every game since 2004. It's Monday, May 1st. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. I've been wanting to meet you for quite some time. Uh, I heard that you don't consider yourself a mascot. What's up with that? Well, uh, mascots, generally speaking, wear you know, suits. Mm-hmm. They're inside of a big fuzzy suit or something like that. And they don't interact. They don't actually speak. They're anonymous inside a suit. Uh, and I've been nominated for the Hall of Fame of mascots, and I can't get in because I don't wear a suit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I prefer to be called the director of love and celebration Yeah. rather than a mascot because it's more really what I did, you know. I kind of roamed around and was able to interact with people. But that's that's what I'm known as, as a mascot. So I'll, I'll own that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people know uh, Timber Joey. Right. For those who are too young to have seen you back in the day, could you explain what you did, like what your shenanigans were to get uh, the crowd worked up? Well, at first... Uh, Keith Williams, the general manager, asked me to um, saw a slab off of a log, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he owned a company called Tim Fab, and it was a big, huge tim- uh, wooden beam. Mm-hmm. It had great big wheels on it. So that's all I would do is come out and saw slabs off of the beam whenever they scored. And they were wrapped in uh, timbers colors. So that's how that happened. Gotcha. Yeah, you used to climb poles as well. I mean, I've seen the pictures of you. Climbing poles, hanging from beams, and all with a chainsaw in hand. Can you explain that? Like why you were so adept at climbing poles? Well, I my whole career I was in the line industry, power line industry, and mm-hmm. I started out trimming trees around power lines. Gotcha. And uh, later on in my career, I went into line work, actually building power line. So uh, when they reincarnated the timbers in two thousand and one, uh, they asked me what. I needed. And I said, I need a, like a hundred foot pole and it needs to be 28 inches on the top so I can stand on top of it. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, the view from up there was unbelievable. I can't believe you would, like how tall was it? Well, it started out 110 feet. (laughs) And when they tried to make the swing to come down in the stadium with the truck, it was too long. Oh my so they God. had to they had to cut some off of it just to make the swing so they didn't take the max line out, you know. Oh my God! Uh, it was a di- it was very difficult and it, it it was really irritating to the staff because it took a lot of work to do that. Yeah. Anyway, God, that's so scary. I just I just I just can't believe you would do that every game. <laughs> 
Well, it's second nature. It's just like walking up a set of stairs, a long set of stairs. And mm -hmm. uh, I was trained how to do that. And it was pretty easy, really, I mean, for me. And then I'd haul a chainsaw up and and then a drum, great big drum, and I start beating that. So that's what got the attention. Yeah. Was it, So tell me why it's important to have that, you know, um, for the fans. Because I know you, you came up like this wasn't a position that was open and they're like, oh, let, let's hire, you know, someone to come up and and get everyone going. I mean, you volunteered yourself. You were just like, I'm going to do this. Well, originally, Keith said, no. He says, are you <laughs> nuts? No, you're not doing that. You know, mm -hmm. I can't allow a chainsaw in the stands. The climbing of the pole was later on and it was kind of dead. And Keith come up to me and he says, see if you can get the crowd going. I said, Keith, this isn't junior high. I said, I'm, you know, that wasn't part of the gig. And uh, he was really disappointed that I wouldn't do that. And I, I felt bad, so I did. I went up there, tried to get the crowd going. Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't like it. <laughs> what? At all. They didn't like it at all. And uh, They weren't singing songs? They weren't cheering? They, they were just they sitting They weren't there? participating oh, at all. I can't even imagine. You know? Like from the Timbers Army that we have now? Oh, my God. Give me a T. Give me an I. You know, and it's very lukewarm. Yeah. And Keith says, I'm sorry. They're just not responding to you. I said, well, Keith, I'll fix that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't tell him what I was going to do, but I brought all my gear and ropes. And I climbed the, the pole down in the southwest corner of the building. And that's actually two poles side by side to hold the light bank up. So I threw my climbing line over that. Oh my god! And then I came, I flipped it uh, out in the center of the of the cross arms. So I come down about sixty feet and started swinging back and forth. And then when I fl flipped upside down, fired up the chainsaw. Uh, everybody's looking around, <laughs> and where's the noise coming from? And so as I'm swinging back and forth, the lights on the field are moving. <laughs> away moving closer so uh -huh. it's just the way uh so that's that was it that was the game changer so how, how do you think that changed how portland embraced soccer because i think you kind of made it a party you know well that was the idea we were gonna have fun you know yeah and hopefully the players would join in and we'd win some you know that was the <laughs> idea but uh no what i did is i kind of took the momentum of a play, you know, let's say mm -hmm. I wouldn't fire the saw up all the time. I'd just wait for like a corner kick. And uh, then when they scored, I cut a slab off of a log and then I'd walk around the stadium. So mm -hmm. we kind of extended the celebration time. I feel like you inspired and you created so many of the traditions we have. Uh, the other one uh, is the singing of You Are My Sunshine at the 80th minute of every game, yeah. which is a tribute. Uh, to your daughter's passing in 2004 from a car accident. Right. And you got the call while you were at a game cheering, um, getting the, the crowd revved up, in, yeah. you know, as Timber Jim. Can you tell me how that tradition came to be? Because, I mean, you going through your, all, all your grief, I can't imagine you were just like, this is what's happening. I mean. Yeah. It was, well, I didn't know what happened at the time. They yeah. came up to me and said, you got to go home. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want to go home. We were beating Minnesota at the time, really. We were killing them. And I was having a great time. And the guy comes back. He goes, dude, you got to go home. He goes, they said you have to go home right now. 
So I just left everything and went home. I called my family. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what happened until I walked in the door. There's state police cars outside. And anyway, uh, uh, it was, I started singing, uh, you are my sunshine. I took a couple games off mm-hmm. and, um, when I came back, I, it was, I just didn't want to get in front of the crowd, mm-hmm. but they scored a goal. So I cut a slab off and I went up there and I held it up and I started singing, you are my sunshine. Cause that was Hannah's favorite song. And, uh, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Did everyone joined you? Oh, it, it was very emotional. Mm-hmm. And everybody's crying. Did you let them know that was Hannah's favorite song? Later, yeah. Yeah. I just went out there and belted it because I felt like she could hear it if we sang it. You know, the yeah. Army's pretty loud. <laughs> the Army is pretty loud. <laughs> Sometimes they, were, they can be jet engine loud. You can't even hear yourself think. But... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, it was a very tender moment, and then they just kept singing it, and they mm-hmm. still sing it today. And um, so, um, it, for a long time, it felt like I was at a funeral. Yeah, I heard that you uh, you did it once, and you were like, "Cool," but then people loved doing it. They, I'm sure it was they were they loved doing that with you. But I heard that you didn't you weren't that into it. You were just like, all right, I did it once. I don't want to relive this every game. Um, no, I, I, uh, it, it's changed. It's not about me. It's about the you know, song is a tribute to the team. You know, at one point I felt like this is enough, you know, but they kept singing it and Diane and I see, see the song in a different light. So your feelings changed about, about the tradition yeah. because and then it became more about the team and it was no longer about your personal loss. Is that what yes. I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah, it really is. And, and the team really wrapped Diane and I up the army and your um, wife, Diane. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, we just, we, it, it was a life changing moment. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more from Timber Jim in just a moment. You still go to every game. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hearing. What's that like for you? Love it. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that has lifetime season tickets, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's and it's not just for the Timbers, it's for the Thorns. And uh, I, I really love it. You know, I, it's my it's it's pretty much what I do. So what are your you know, what are your interactions like with fans now? Well, people come by. We're on the ADA rail. And uh, we're right off the side of one, uh, one, uh, Section 107, which is where the, the, the bulk of the Timbers Army originated. Now it's all the way, uh, well, it's all the way around the north end. Uh, and I don't know how many people are in there, but I would say at least 5,000. Yeah. And yeah. now they have uh, what are called capos. and They're the ones that lead the songs. And yeah. They're human metronomes. Yeah. <laughs> But do you still occasionally lead uh, You Are My Sunshine? I do. Uh, and I, yeah. I, I've i cut uh, ceremonial slabs. And uh, recently I, I got up and uh, we were we were winning. Uh, you know, the thing about uh, trying to work with a crowd, you have, have to have a sense of timing. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, like you, you wouldn't fire the fire up the chainsaw if there was an injury on yeah, the field. Of uh, but a, a corner kick or getting ready for a penalty shot, you fire up the chainsaw and people are just, you can't even hear the saw. There's so many people are going nuts. And then <laughs> after you cut this, cut the slab, uh, then you, you just pack it around. I packed it around the stadium and, uh, I, I love going and, uh, I'll go until the day I die, you know? So I'm hearing that you go see the thorns as well. And I got I got to be honest, like I love the timbers, but mm-hmm. I'm personally more of a thorns fan uh, because I really love seeing them play. Like the timbers are a party. You go and if win or lose, you're having a great time. The thorns, like I think about their plays way after I'm done. Like I'll think about like, you know, Heine doing something crazy um, for days, but they don't have that I mean I'm I'm just going to use the M word like they don't have a mascot they have capos they have you know songs led I mean the energy is great but they don't have that like timbers uh, fervor that you helped create Jim so I was just going to ask if uh, since you love the thorns as well what would be your idea for a powerful thorns mascot uh-huh. um, <laughs> like if you had to choose because uh, I kept thinking because you know the thorns uh, the they have, you know, the Riveters. Yeah. Like, what if every time they scored a goal, Rosie the Riveter got on some beam and, like, put on one of those, like, you know, uh, you know, face masks when you're going to do some welding, and then she just riveted something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? And at the end, you see, you see this beam, and there's, like, all the rivets are, like, however many goals that game. What do you think? I think, I think that could work. You know, it uh, it probably would work. You know, I don't I don't know. I think that those kind of things just have they have to be organic. You know, they just mm. have to happen. Uh, yeah. When I first climbed the light pole, I got in big trouble from the ER commission. Keith didn't. I kept him out of it. I didn't want Keith Williams to get in trouble, but I did it. And then it became, oh God, we got to have him do this again. And then became every game. And then coming out of the rafters, that was another thing. And so I was kind of a troublemaker, you know. (laughs) I know. But you created the culture that we're all enjoying now. So, Jim, I just want to thank you for your service. Thank thank you. you. Thank you very much. I, I, You know, I love it. It's awesome. It's kind of like watching, you know, uh, Joey's cutting slabs, and I love him like my own son, you know. And uh, But it. For watching somebody down there cutting those slabs, that was my gig. It's like watching somebody sleep with your wife, you know? <laughs> it's just not cool, you know? But uh, he knows that. I've told him about that. And uh, uh, You're just like, find your own thing, Timber Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, I, but I'm glad that that survived, that tradition. I don't see it ever going away. It's so much photo candy, eye candy, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Our goal celebrations are legendary. They're they're known around the world. I love being part of the lore. I, I love those people. They love me. Genuinely do. I know what it's like to be wrapped up in the Timbers Army. Mm-hmm. And I am forever grateful. I can't even really talk about it without tearing up. You know, mm-hmm. for a long time I couldn't mention his name without tearing up. But that's what it's all about for me. And I have to thank the Timbers Army. They're the ones that make it happen. They are the engine behind it. 
you know, I have people come by all the time where Diane and I sit and they, they shake my hand and thank me for what I did, you know. And I haven't done it in a yeah. long time. Well, you made something <laughs> special and I know, I mean, yeah, you're part of you're part of Timber's you're an icon. You're part of Timber's history. But listen, Claudia, if if you ever want to go to a game, I'd love to take you. You can come <laughs> sit with me and watch a Thorns match. I would love that, Jim. Really? Would yes. you like to do that? I would love Please. that. Please. Uh we'll make it happen. Jim, you just opened the door. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> just thank you. Yeah. And now, our lead producer, John Natariani, with your microdose of news. Thanks, Claudia. Last week, we heard that Phil Knight is planning a $400 million philanthropic donation for Black Portland. But now that fund's CEO says she's trying to push it to a cool billion dollars. Rukaya Adams went down to California last week to try and raise about four to six hundred million more dollars for the 1803 fund. Its first project is going to focus on, quote, education, place, culture, and belonging in North Portland's traditionally black Albina neighborhood. Plus, a new study says making six figures in Portland doesn't go nearly as far as it does in other cities. The study by Smart Asset ranks Portland as the 12th most expensive city in the country by this metric, and it says that in order to get an average $100,000 lifestyle, you'd need to make over $200,000 a year. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate, or leave us a great review? <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.